Welcome to the University of Young Entrepreneurs. My name is Brandon Adams, lifestyle entrepreneur and inventor, passionate about helping others with creating something great and becoming unforgettable. Each week we discuss helpful tips on becoming a successful entrepreneur and interview other entrepreneurs and inspirational people. Our goal is to help take your business and lifestyle to the next level. Now let's get started. Welcome back to the University of Young Entrepreneurs. I'm Brennan C. Adams, and on today's show, we have Forbes Riley, the lady who has sold over $2 billion on infomercials. She has been a good friend of mine in the past year. I met her at a Tony Robbins event. Before I know it, I met her in a juice bar, and I was using her spin gym in the juice bar. She had me on camera which is a fitness product she's gonna talk about where she's sold millions of dollars worth of product. It changes people's lives. It's a great product. Uh, but Forbes goes into her early years when she first got started. She traveled all over the world. She tells an amazing story how she got into acting and how she put on these different events for people which led her to hosting the X Games and leading her to getting on infomercials where she worked with Jack Lane. She worked with Body by Jake and she's been on over 144 live infomercials and she is big into selling now. I've uh, worked with Forbes on a couple projects. We're actually looking to do a crowdfunding campaign and other things in the future. She's the one that introduced me to Kevin Harrington and we're all good friends and she was recently at our CEO conference or got to meet up with her again but she has some great insight for this show. There's many lessons to be learned and wow, the stories that she told, tells, I mean, an hour went by and I didn't even realize it but there's a lot of good insight you can learn from Forbes. She is one of my mentors and somebody that's really helped me take my business to the next level and made things clear in my life of where I want to go and she talks about, we do a little routine on introducing yourself and how people most of the time do it wrong. And even for me, I should be saying my name in a different way. Brennan C. Adams, T for Terrific. You say things that people are more likely to remember you and associate you by. She goes through that and she actually had uh, made a big scene for me when I had introduced myself wrong in front of a big group of people once. And I learned a lot from her. Again, great person. This is going to be a great show. Before I jump into the show, I want to remind you to connect with me on Snapchat, btadams18, that's btadams18, the B is for Brennan T for Taylor, Adams my last name, and 18, well, I don't know why I put 18, but btadams18, add me on Snapchat, you can see my life, everything I'm doing behind the scenes, and I'm always snapping everybody personally, so check that out there. So let's jump into it with my friend, the sales extraordinaire, Forbes Riley. Let's get started. Welcome back to the University of Young Entrepreneurs. I'm Brennan C. Adams. And on today's show, we have my good friend, Forbes Riley. How's it going, Forbes? It is awesome. Hello, Brandon. It, it's good to have you on the show. You know, I can't believe we didn't do this like eight months ago. I, I just saw her, I was speaking at the CEO conference and had dinner with Forbes and I love her energy. Uh, she had us all doing spin gyms in the restaurant and actually it's funny how we met because we met, <clears throat> it was a year ago, in a juice bar and we were both at a Tony Robbins event and I walk in and I knew Forbes because Cactus Shack Behringer, my mentor, I had talked about Forbes before and I saw her, I'm like, Forbes Riley. And right away, within like two minutes, you had a spin gym in my hand. Like, I was going, and you were recording. And I'm like, who is this lady? But well, and by the way, I don't know if your audience do they all know what a spin gym is, so that they're not thinking this is some crazy obscene thing. But it is my fitness product, and I've made millions doing this particular product, and I'm loving it so much that you're right. It doesn't matter what I'm the juice bar, and when you love what you do that much, you're exactly. so crazy enthusiastic about it. Yes. Exactly. But I will tell you, yeah, I do have a principle. About that, I, I just wrote a book about called The Hundred Thousand Dollar Handshake, and that's what you and I had at the moment. We met in a juice bar in the middle of 10,000 people at a Tony Robbins event, and somehow you came to dinner with me and my friends. Like that connection happened that fast, that intently, and that's one of the things I now teach because you can make millions from the moment you meet somebody. Exactly, it's that one connection that can take you a long ways. So, we're going to go into Spin Gym later and all the other things we're doing, but I want to first hear. 
where you first got started. Take me back to Forbes Riley when you were a kid and your early entrepreneurial endeavors. Well, you know, it, it starts <clears throat> actually, everyone has a why. So for me, I grew up as a kid on Long Island, New York, and my dad was a printer and he never had a real job. And we used to joke about that. He'd take his toolbox in and he worked on these giant printing presses in New York City, made his own hours, but he worked really hard. And I was a, a rather ugly little kid. I had had my nose broken when I was eight years old. I had a full set of braces for eight years of my life from eight until 16. Frizzy hair, not very attractive, but very smart. And, uh, and my dad would do these crazy things. He and I would build inventions. In fact, I remember standing as an eight-year-old in fourth grade and we had to build a thinker blinker. And I, he built this electronic thing that had like magnetic relays. And it was this crazy thing that had a schematic to it. And I had to stand there at eight years old and lie to my entire class and my teacher that not only did I build it, but I knew exactly how this thing worked. And so from a very early age, I was like this, I'm going to show you guys. Yes, I did build this. <laughs> and somehow... Uh, my dad, when, he was, when I was 14, got his hand caught in a printing press, and uh, he ended up three years in the hospital. And so I understand what it's like to be completely broke. We ran out of all money, and uh, I, had, I wanted to go to college. Obviously, I was a smart kid, and my mom said, you know, we don't have enough money for that. And my dad's doctor actually fixed my nose. I know this is kind of crazy, but that's how ugly I was. So I had this, at, you know, 15, had this little nose job thing, and my mom said, you know, there's a pageant, and you can, there's a scholarship. And I'm like, mom. She's like, no, no, don't worry. It's not a beauty pageant. Okay, it's a written test. I know it's a written test, a talent, a personality, and the winner's going to get to be on NBC TV with Bob Hope and a scholarship to college. And Brandon, something crazy happened to me as a little 16 year old. I'm standing at the doorway to this first event where you had to take a written test as part of this big, big pageant called the Miss Teenage America pageant. And I had a vision that I was going to win it, that it needed to be me. I needed to do this to prove my dad that I was worthwhile, that our life mattered, and that we could, we could survive. It's really what it came down to. And it was the first of like four weeks of competitions. Ultimately, I did win. And I had a very powerful drive to do that. And the funny thing about my life is I never let no money stand in my way. Yeah. So I went off to college. I was going to be a lawyer, but I had in the back of my head that I wanted to be this actress. And I had one professor do one moment that shifted my entire life. So I auditioned for plays my whole life and always got like the townsperson or the chorus or like some no-name character. Yeah. And I thought, man, I'm better than this. Why is it nobody sees that I'm like really special and I would get the chorus? <laughs> and maybe God teaches you that so that you get to be humble. But so I get to college. I'm like, oh. Anyway, senior year, we auditioned for As You Like It. It's Shakespeare's biggest play with the, this female character who's on stage, Rosalind, for two and a half hours. She runs the entire show. And of course I auditioned thinking, all right, which townsperson am I going to get this time? <laughs> and uh, when I looked at the casting board, I looked at the bottom, how you start at the bottom, my name wasn't there. And I thought, oh, you're kidding me. I didn't even get like townsperson number three. And I start looking all the way up to the top and Brandon, the craziest thing is my name was right there next to Rosalind. And I thought, wait a second, why in my senior year of college when I'm not going to be an actress, I'm going to go off to be a lawyer, do I get offered this? And I went to the professor. Professor and I sat down and I said, hey, help me understand what's going on here. And he said, he said, look, I've been your drama coach for years. He said, there's something so unique about you and your communication skills and your heart. And he went on and on and on. And Brandon, here's the crazy thing for somebody who made her whole impression of her life about how she looked is Professor David Richmond was 100% legally blind. Oh, wow. He couldn't see at all or care what the hell I looked like. He only saw what I really was. And it changed every, that moment changed everything in my life. The play was a success. I was really good in it. I had the time of my life and I left for New York City to be an actress. And I auditioned for my very first movie and I got the lead role in a film called Splatter University. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I know. So for those of you who really like kind of horror 80, 19 slasher cult movies, I star in, in a pretty popular one. And I, I decided that that's what I was going to do. And I worked on Broadway and I, I did all these things. And again, not necessarily in those days, it wasn't entrepreneur, but how do you survive? I've never worked for anybody in my entire life. I've always created things. And one of the things that I created, uh, I did promotions in banks. I did uh, singing and stripping telegrams. I can explain that later. It's another longer <laughs> Hey, I was entrepreneurial. I knew that it was better for someone to hand you cash doing something and than it was to ever get a real job. But the crazy thing shifted when I went off to Club Med. 
So I was doing theater. I was, I'd burned out. I was about 25 years old. I needed a vacation. And Club Med at that time is an all-inclusive resort vacation. They were popular around the world. It was a French-owned company. And I went down there, and they did a couple of things that to this day I use their principles. They had the most unique internal branding. <clears throat> so number one, rather than call themselves a resort, they called themselves a club. Well, if you're a club, you can charge a membership fee. So get yep. this, to go to Club Med, you know, like going to the Marriott, I have to pay 35 or 50 bucks a year just to be part of the club. Then when you got there, they didn't call it the, uh, the manager or the employees. They called the head guy the chief of the village, or in French, huh. chef de village. <laughs> and then all the people who were there who worked there were called GOs, gentils organizers. And then all the guests were called called GMs, Gentil Membos. And so you'd walk around going, hey, that's a GO, that's a GM. I'd never seen this kind of branding before. And then, rather than, you know, they knew early on that you were at a beach resort. Well, you don't want to have, by by the way, it's like kind of pre-credit cards. But you don't have to have cash around at the beach. So they created these beads that you wore, like these interlocking kids' beads that you'd wear around your neck. And you would buy them in bulk, and you would trade those for drinks and for little extras that you wanted. But they had some serious monetary value. So at the end, when a guest would leave, they usually had like buckets of these beads and they'd give us, you know, to us as the people who work there. And that was our tip money. So I looked and thought, this is all kind of fascinating. And then they also did something where all the guests, all the uh, people who worked there had to also be the performers at night. Yeah. Now, not necessarily talented people. So get this, we did a lot of lip syncing long before it was popular. <laughs> I know, a lot of bad comedies, but now you've got the pastry team and the, and the scuba team and the tennis team having to get on stage, and I thought, man, I can choreograph this. I, I like this environment. When I went back to New York City, I walked into the office of Club Med, and I said to them, I said, you need me. Like, I'm 26 years old, and I sound like Brandon <laughs> T. Adams. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I did. And this guy named John Shelley said, what do you mean I need? I said, you guys need some, some, you guys are a very French company. You're not very American. You're not very hip. And he said, well, uh, he said, how long can you go for? I said, what do you mean? I said, I can, he said, I have a place in Mexico where the guy who's on the microphone and kind of in charge is French and he's trained as a mime. Now think about that. A mime on a microphone. Yeah, Hmm." I know. Right. So I said, I'll go for three weeks. And I, I did, and I, I took a whole bag of tricks, and I, did, I wanted to be a game show host at some point. Well, I get to Club Med, and imagine this. There's 800 guests there, and they don't know who I am. I said, look, I'm from New York, and I was told I could create game shows every night before dinner. And so Monday through Friday, from like 4 to 6, after the sports ended before dinner, I said, I'm going to fill this. Monday night, we're going to do the game. Uh, we're going to do Hollywood Squares. Tuesday, we're going to do the dating game. Thursday, Wednesday, we're going to do The Price is Right. And I made the entire staff participate in this. And I got to host all of these. Brandon, not only did I have a blast, but we had an audience of like six to 800 people there who were wow. all on my site. I know. It was the perfect setup for Forbes Riley to just create. I didn't have to worry about money because there was always an audience. They, the sound team, the lighting team, they had to do costumes for me. And I flourished. The, so the so scene, was it impromptu? Like, how did you come up with the acts for all this? Because you had never done it before. You know what? I had a dream about being... A game show host. And the funny thing is if you look at history, there's very few female game show hosts, right? Yeah. And so I just said, I'd like to do that. So I looked at, let's see, uh, what's one that's really popular? Like the name game, celebrity name games are popular right now. And I said, hey, we can just do this. We'll create the game on stage. And I had people build the stage. And it was, I scripted out, you know, an hour show. Yeah. And I would do that. And that's what we did. And then Family Feud, we did that game. And then, I mean, and people love this because the audience participated in this. You kept them so active, the C- engaged. Well, yes, I did. And, and I wasn't doing it for the money, which was really fun. I traded at that time. I mean, I'm in my 20s. I didn't really care about money, but I did. See, I didn't have money to go scuba diving. I wanted to be James Bond in somewhere in my head, like scuba diving and skiing and all <laughs> really cool things. But so get this, I traded my talent for what I wanted. So now I'm at Club Med doing these things. Like, don't kid yourself. Every morning at 7 a.m. for three hours, I got to go scuba diving. And then two times a week, we would do a night dive. I got my advanced certification in scuba diving, which would have cost thousands of dollars. I got to live at a resort where they paid me to be there. And this was amazing. Wow. So rather than say, oh, I need money to go travel, which I hear kids say so often, oh, you know, can't wait till I get money to do this, baloney. Then when I came back to the States, because I, I did this on and off for 10 years. 
I would literally go down to Turks and Caicos. I go to Cancun. I went to Sonora Bay and I didn't stay long. I'd stay for like a month at a time. I'd come back to New York City. I'd work as an actress, but I loved my island life. I'd love scuba diving. I'd like playing tennis and golf. And I did all those things as a little poor kid I couldn't enjoy in life. Then when I got to back to home, I wanted to ski. Now, skiing also takes a lot of money, right? Yeah. Well, I found a guy, found an ad, don't ask me how, this guy who, it was a company called Ski View. And what these guys did was they had an idea, you know, on a lift tower, yeah. to put a billboard on a lift tower. So think about idea. that. You've got, a, you've got a very captive audience, don't you? Yeah. You're sitting in a chair and you have to go past this thing every day. So imagine it says Lipton Tea or Chevrolet or Jose Cuervo Tequila. Um, those are all the companies that wanted this space. So he had gotten that account, created this out of nowhere. Literally, he built the framework to make these, these billboards. And then Jose Cuervo said, hey, you know what? We'd like to do a bar party, kind of like a Club Med style bar party. Like, well, I don't know what that is. <laughs> so somehow I, I interviewed for a job that didn't even really exist. And he found me and another guy who used to work for Club Med. And we created, get this, an entire Cuervo day at a ski resort. We started out with a three-on-three co-ed snow volleyball game. I mean, seriously, we would, I know. We, in fact, if you Google this, if you Google Jose Cuervo and Forbes Riley, you will see the extent. I mean, it was massive. We would show up with, you know, like 18 full-on uh, volleyball courts that we would set up at the base of a mountain, okay? We would set up 50-foot of bow speakers, and then we would have, you had to be co-ed, so that would be two guys and a girl or two girls and a guy playing volleyball. And this event went on all day while people skied, and at the end we had prizes in the bar at 4 o'clock. But after the volleyball, we did a, a cardboard box race. I mean, I, it, my entrepreneurial imagination went nuts, and people just let me do this. So we had people create all these custom cardboard boxes, and you know what happens with a cardboard box in snow, right? You right. Know, at some point, they start to melt. Yeah. But people would go, they'd create these amazing creations, you know, you know, uh, you know fireplaces coming down the mountain and race cars, and, and then we would do a crazy tug of war. So we're out there all day in the snow having a blast. The music is blaring, and then at 4 o'clock, we go into the bar, and this is where Forbes Riley's entrepreneurial spirit went crazy. They said, I have Cuervo hats and T-shirt, and I have to give them out. And I said, well, I'm going to have people do, do kind of Club Med-style crazy games to win. So here's the really amazing part, and I'm hoping that all your young entrepreneurs hear this. So number one, I traded my talent for what I really wanted to do. So I got to go skiing, got to go scuba diving, got to hang out at Club Med in exotic locations. Didn't necessarily make a lot of money, but got to do all those things I loved. I learned how to ski. I skied every mountain in this country over the course of the next 10 years. I'm jealous. And here's the kicker. <laughs> oh my God, I'm jealous of me now, trust me. I mean, for 10 weeks, we'd be on the road and we did Flagstaff, Arizona, we did Copper Mountain, we did Vail and Aspen and Mammoth, and then I did crazy places like New Hampshire and Vermont. I've skied everything. But here's the amazing thing about following your dream with this sense of purity. So one day, I'm in Mammoth Mountain, and we called it the Jose Cuervo Tequila Games of Winter. And ESPN2 came to make a half-hour TV special because they'd heard how crazy we were. I mean, at that point, we'd had some serious volleyball players come, like Karch Karai and those kind of Olympic guys come and hang out with us and play volleyball. Nice. I know. And I did this thing with Russ Francis, this half-hour crazy TV special. Well, a year later, Brandon, <clears throat> 1995, I'm getting married, and the phone rings, and it's a lawyer from ESPN. Now, you got to remember, my entire drive behind all of this <clears throat> was – to be on TV. I wanted to be a television host. But it's a little hard to figure that out. You know, how do you just knock on somebody's door with no experience? Well, I kind of had live experience. And ESPN calls and says, hey, we're doing a new idea called the X Games. We would like you to be one of the very first hosts along with Stuart Scott. Are you interested? It was a two-week contract for a ton of money. I had no idea why they called me. And I'm like, really? They said, no, no, no. With your energy and your passion, you know, you don't even need to know about sports. We just want you as part of this. And so for the next three years, I launched what is now one of the biggest franchises in the world called the X Games. Who knew, right? <laughs> that is amazing. So you, you were, what I love about this, Forbes, is you were doing, living the lifestyle you wanted and doing things you wanted. Not necessarily were you making the money where you had to pay to do it. You were just offering value, becoming a person of value. In return, you got the lifestyle. 
Well, and, and that's what I think a lot of my friends who are very, very successful in business have looked at me throughout the years and said, wow, you, have, you live like the ultimate lifestyle entrepreneur. Because what is the definition of a real entrepreneur? It's not that you have to create a product and get it out to the world. It's that you generate money. So <clears throat> I get to live or I created a life that I didn't even really understand until I look back and tell these stories. But it was the ultimate lifestyle entrepreneur. It really was that four-hour work week. I mean, remember, this is before laptops and internet and computers. Imagine if I'd had all that back then. I was just, I had my mindset that I wanted to live an amazing life. In fact, I will tell you a, a funny story, and I think this is going to be of interest to people listening to this. Yeah. I was 20 years old, and I had just finished starring in that first movie, and I turned to my mom, who had never left this country. She was very afraid of traveling and kind of living outside her box. And I said, I found this book called Europe on $20 a Day. It was written by Arthur Fromer. And I said to my mom, here's my dream. I said, I'm going to be really famous at some point, and I won't be able to travel without paparazzi, you know, just you know, bothering me. Yeah. <laughs> so bold. And I would like to see Europe on my own terms, by myself, by the way. I've discovered about URL passes. And I said, I'm going to see every page in this book. It was all the countries from A to Z. Tear out the pages. And I'm going to come home when I have only the cover left. That's a crazy business plan. It is. And I, and I said, you know, I said, here's the deal. I have a vision, Mom, that when I'm in my 80s, I'm going to be sitting around telling the most fantastic story of my life to my kids, my grandkids, and their friends, but I haven't written a story yet. I've got nothing to tell them. I want to go create the most fantastic life to tell them when my 80s. And that, believe it or not, has been a business plan of my life. And I have truly fantastic stories to tell because that's what I wanted to do. You know, I've, I've heard them, Forbes. You've talked for literally hours. It's amazing stories of things you've learned. So my question to you, to summarize, before we go into the next uh, part of your life, what would be the number one takeaway or lesson you learned from traveling all over the world? Well, now remember, I did this on my own. Here's the lesson that I learned about mm. overall. And by the way, here's the reason that I went alone. I don't follow rules very well. I don't conform very well. I know that. <laughs> and, well, but so even having somebody travel with me at that age was, was going to slow me down and I knew it. And, you know, if you want to go to a museum and I want to go to the beach. And so there's a, a phrase about, you know, kind of marching to your own drummer. I have heard in my head my own drummer my whole life. You will hear as an entrepreneur, as a dreamer, the word no. People will tell you you can't. And they'll give you 50 really good reasons why you can't. And the secret is you have to choose not to listen to any of them. No one's in your head and your heart. And only when you live a life that comes from your gut, I believe, can you be truly happy. I have the most fantastic story. And I, I, I did, I, not that I was trying to defy authority, I just never saw the box that people were in. And I, and I refused to let that at all ever dictate me. So I'll give you one real quick story. You know, you talk about entrepreneur, maybe that's only a business. It's not. It's a mentality. When I uh, was in my, I had a house in Los Angeles and I needed to knock it down and build something else. And the architect said, look, it's $25,000 to knock your house down, da, da, da. And I said to him, can't we blow it up? Now, who says that kind of a statement? <laughs> and he said, he said, what do you mean? I said, look, I saw it in a Mel Gibson movie. We live in Hollywood. I want to blow up the house. Well, sure enough, I put it out on a production website. Three days later, knock, knock, knock. And it's the crew from Live Free or Die Harder, the Die Hard series. Yeah. And they said, hey, Will, if you can be out in eight days, We'll give you 25 grand and we'll blow up your house. So if you go on YouTube and type in Forbes Riley, Die Hard Explodes My Home, you will see the movie that I made about my two four-year-olds watching their house being blown to smithereens in my neighborhood. So to me, <laughs> entrepreneur is a way of life. It is a mindset and it's different from everyone else who goes to a job, who has security who thinks some company is going to give them the answer to everything they want. I believe security is a myth anyway. And I know you've heard the statement and everyone has it. If you're not building your dream, you're building somebody else's. This story is my story. And I, I literally could entertain you for hours because I didn't know that everybody wasn't doing this, by the way. See, I didn't have really cool podcasts where people kind of talked about this. The yeah. entrepreneur was new. <laughs> I did this just on my own because it was, I'm just wired that way. And well, I'm so grateful. You've always found a way 
to create your own income, but create your own experiences in life. And I think as entrepreneurship, I mean, you're always solving problems. And for you, just for example, for that house, you could have like, you blew it up. You found a, a solution to not only do something cool, but make money in the process. Um, so I, I want to hear Forbes, how this, all these crazy things led you to doing selling on infomercials, going on QVC, HSN, like where did that come about? Because I, I want to hear your experience on that because I know a lot of people want to hear what it takes to do that and how to sell on, on live TV. All right, so your audience is going to come. I'm going to, I want to do a stage show actually where it's a couple of hours where I just talk about all this, right? So you guys are going to come to my new stage show. I think I'm going to call it I'm Enough. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or, exactly. or You're Enough. I'm well, enough. because that, well, that happened to be an accident. See, and that's why I, I, some of this I'd like to teach, and some of this I say, look, just key into your heart, do what you love, and keep moving forward. So I was an actress, and I moved from, from New York City to Los Angeles. And, uh, you know, even the way I met my husband, by the way, is I got a job for a day. A one, uh, that's pretty much all the time I want to work in a job. As the hug girl, get this, the hug girl at the Big Brothers charity dinner. So I got my husband because of an entrepreneurial effort where I got to wear a sequin dress, stand outside the Beverly Wilshire Hotel where Julia Roberts found her Richard Gere. <laughs> all the guys had paid $500 a plate for dinner for the Big Brothers charity, and they had to leave their wives and girlfriends at home. I'm thinking, okay, this is like shooting fish in a barrel, right? Yeah. And I'm like, I just want to find the one big producer who's got a lot of money, who's young and cute, and I've got on this awesome dress. I think I made $75 for the hour or two. And I, anyway, I did ultimately find my husband, which is kind of funny. He turned out to be, by the way, because I'm such a gold digger, the <laughs> only guy there who could not afford his own dinner. His father was vice president. <laughs> I know, I know, right? His father was the vice president of the Teamsters. He was the six foot six blonde Notre Dame football player. And sure enough, we met that night 26 years ago. And damn it. But anyway, we. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So, can't ever accuse me of going for the money. All right. So, how did, so how, did, how did home shopping? And if you followed my career, you know that's where I've excelled. I just want to be an actress. I get out to Los Angeles. And here's the great entrepreneurial lesson for me is that when you're an actress, you have to have a day job, right? See, yeah. you know, most people who who have regular jobs don't think about having two or three streams of income. But I always had to have that because when you get an acting job, you can't just like quit your day job. You have to go, it has to be flexible enough. So I would do a lot of very, you know, innovative things. And I, well, wow, it, it's kind of funny. I, I got a, I got a job. This is really funny. I, one of the first times I ever sold anything. So as an actress, you just go on auditions, right? Yeah. And one of the auditions this one day, there was a pen on the table. And we've all seen Wolf of Wall Street. Well, this is a true story. Pen's on the table, TV camera, and it said, sell me this pen. Well, I hate to be sold, Brandon. I've never, you know, I'm a lousy waitress, and that's what actresses are supposed to be. Yeah. But I never worked in retail. I never had a traditional job in my entire life. So I looked at this pen, and I said, you know, funny thing about pens. My mom, when I was in college, used to write me notes every day or every week, and I, I had a stack of these longhand written notes. And I realized that a pen like this could reach out and touch somebody's heart. So what did I instinctively do? I instinctively told you the benefit of the pen. I didn't talk about that it's got an easy click and it's got good ink and it's only $1.99. I told you the benefit of this. Well, Jake of Body by Jake comes out of the dark and says, hey, you're going to make me a lot of money. And here's what I didn't know we were going to do. We launched the concept of selling fitness on television. This was in the early days of cable TV. Yeah. He had bought a 24-hour network called the Cable Health Club. And every hour, talk about entrepreneurs. This is one of my big mentors. Every hour, he had the same format. The first 20 minutes was Tammy Lee Webb, Buns of Steel Aerobics. Second 15, 20 minutes was Healthy Living Tips. Third 15 minutes was him working out with a model, like a real-life model. And the fourth quarter of this, every hour, 24 times a day, was Forbes Riley selling a different fitness product. Oh, my God. And we pre-taped these so that it could run 24 hours a day, and we did this for five years. So during the course of that, I saw every single health and fitness product, every diet product, every, every everything, because it didn't cost them anything to come on my show. So it was like pre-QVC. And I got a huge education. They made a ton of money. And in fact, Jake ended up selling the network to Fox for $500 million in 1996. Wow. Okay. I know. So firsthand, I learned a lot about business and, and building brands and, and where people were struggling because all of these people who had products came on to my show. 
Well, this was, what a phenomenal, I mean, I went to the college of, of Forbes Riley. Because all of a sudden I'm seeing where entrepreneurs had holes, where they couldn't fulfill things, where they didn't understand their personal branding, where they didn't get their pitch. And I'll tell you what, this is the genesis for some of the things that I teach, is I created a lot of their pitches. And I did it just because I instinctively hear pitching like music. So what is pitching? Pitching, I think, is this one-sided conversation designed to get someone to say yes. I didn't need to sell them. I just had to get you to pick up the phone or make an investment or get you excited about something. And this is where so many people get wrong. They immediately try to sell you an idea. My goal, and I think this is the right approach, is when I meet you or you see me on TV is to get you excited, to yeah. illustrate and highlight your problem, to then supply the solution to the point that you can't wait to get involved. With, oh my gosh, I need to know that girl. I need to have that product. I need to buy into this idea right now. So there was a sense of urgency. Yeah. And a sense we're and that to me, those five years, Brandon, solidified everything I do to this day because that took me to QVC and HSN, where I've been selling products for 28 years on live home shopping. I've done 144 infomercials. And then along the way, I have met the best, most innovative entrepreneurs on the planet. And the number one guy in that space has to be Jack LaLanne. So Jack LaLanne in the 1940s created this concept of fitness. What? I know. He was 14 years old and he heard a lecture about how bad sugar was. And he set on this crusade to he built some of the first health clubs. He designed the first instant breakfast. He designed the Smith machine and the leg extension machine in his home in Morro Bay, California. He has gold lame covered machines, the very first ones ever designed. And so this guy and I launched the concept of juicing in 2002. So Brandon, Jack and I in one infomercial sold a billion dollars worth of juicers in eight years in 80 countries around the world. And I will tell you to me, one of the greatest entrepreneurial lessons I've ever learned. See, you, you guys over eight years sold $1 billion. What was the trick to selling that much? Very, very simple. And I will tell you what, we did it in a half a day with no rehearsal. It was a conversation heard around the globe. If you, if you go to YouTube and you Google the original Jacqueline Juicer infomercial, I'm wearing a bright red top. I had just given birth to my two babies. I had survived some major personal tragedies. 9-11 hit. I'm a survivor of that. So was my brother-in-law, but nine of the guys I grew up with all died when the second building came down. That was in uh, September of 2001. We shot this in 2002. I had just given birth to the most amazing children. I was still a little overweight, and I meet the godfather of health, who at 88 years old looked at me, and he's like, if man made it, don't eat it. And I saw perfection. He gets on there, and I've shown this pitch to many people. He actually says, Brandon, he says, I've been juicing my whole life. He said, and I'm so excited about this juicer. I'm so doggone excited. I can't sleep at night. <laughs> and that pitch represented his whole life. It was truthful. It was passionate. It, it made you take action. And he was the real deal. Now, I've watched the real deal a couple of times. I work with Billy Blanks before he launched Taibo. He was the real deal. His product was a couple hundred million dollars. You watch the people who are not pretending that they love their product, but they are their product. They are their message. Tony Horton from P90X. I work with Tony. Let me tell you something. This isn't a joke for these people. This is what they're committed to. And that resonates, that truth. People want that. That that's amazing. And it, it's so true because when you really love something, your passion shows. And when your passion shows, your excitement for something, it gets other people excited. And yes, they buy. They buy into that. And it's cool to see. And you know, this this is a good next step to transition into because I, I've seen you, Forbes, for doing spin gym. I've seen you firsthand selling spin gym. In marketplaces, I've seen you at events doing it, and you're so damn excited about it. And it's a great product. I mean, it it's amazing what it does. So I want to hear about, well, first off, where Spin Gym came about and your experiences of selling on, on uh, infomercials. So in the, the whole time I was doing The Body by Jake, I helped introduce the concept of resistance bands. So yes, I'm a little bit older than most people realize, and I was there when a lot of these things started. And I had a resistance band slip off my foot, and because of the way it's designed, shatter my nose. I was 32 Ooh. years old. 
And it was, as an actress, it was beyond devastating. And I have a little personal prejudice against the concept of a resistance band, personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'd set out many years after that to go, hey, I'd like to find a solution that I can travel with me that really I love. And when you get to a certain level in your career, in your life, they're like, well, you have to start branding yourself, like Tony Little did or you know, you know, Tammy Lee Webb, people who really kind of branded themselves as fitness superstars. But I couldn't find a product that I loved. And I know this is a little spiritual, but I kind of asked the universe to help me here. I really needed to find my thing. And I was over in the UK. I did a lot of fitness around the globe. And one night, in the middle of the night, this gentleman walked in with something that was kind of like this spinning yo-yo thing. And he put it in my hands. And I couldn't get it started. And I gave it back to him. I said, this is silly. And he went on QVC London. And he sold a whole bunch of them. And I said, come back, come back here. Help me understand. What is this thing? And the second I got it to spin and vibrate through my body, Brandon, I knew that I was experiencing something I'd never felt before. Yeah. Now, I was, already in, I was already in the National Fitness Hall of Fame. I was a Broadway dancer. I had fought my weight my whole life, so I know what diets are all about. I've studied Pilates and yoga and strength training, and I'm certified up one side and down the other. And I think they call dumbbells dumbbells for a reason. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're big, heavy, silly pieces of weight that you kind of move around. But you can't take them on an airplane. You can't put them in your pocketbook. You can't do things with them. Well, the second I saw this, and this was my true entrepreneurial blessing, I said, oh, my gosh, how do I get this? He said, well, I'll give you this. In his English accent, I'll give you this one. I'm like, no, no, no. Tell me about your company. And I'd never even asked that question before. And he said, look, he said, I've been doing this for many years. We don't make a whole lot of money. It's not really a fitness product, Forbes. It's an office de-stressor. We just kind of play with it in the office for a few minutes. I said, no, no, no. I said, it's the greatest fitness product I've ever seen. He said, no, no, no. It's an office de-stressor. And I said, all right. (laughs) I said, but I see this. And he said, well, you are Forbes Riley. He said, I'll make you a deal. He said, if you can sell 25,000 of these in the first year, I'll give you the company if you give me a small percentage. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I'm like having a Kevin Harrington Shark Tank moment. <laughs> Only I didn't, know, I didn't know it back then because this is like nine years ago. And I said, you're on. And I brought it home and I created the entire protocol for all the things that you do with it. And I will tell you, this is a whole podcast unto itself about the trials and tribulations that I went through, how I got it on a reality show how they made fun of me to the point that they almost crushed my spirit. Um, the night that the reality show finally launched, they had a different ulterior motive to make fun of me and prove me wrong. And I still woke up the next day and turned over to my husband and said, you know what? Because he said, what are you going to do now? And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm going to make spin gyms. He said, but everybody thinks that you're wrong. I said, well, I-, I don't care. He says, honey, they all think that you're wrong. And I said, well, they're wrong. He said, well, they can't all be wrong. I said, but they are. Now, that's the stupidest thing as an entrepreneur to say, that everybody else is wrong and you're right, ha, ha, ha. But I knew a couple of things. I'd been on home shopping. I am a woman. I don't like my arms. I've been overweight. And I thought, I have this. I just have to show this to them. And, it's, and I did. And believe me, it has been a six-year, seven-year, 100% day-in and day-out commitment. I mean, I got railroaded by a – I won't say which agency of the U.S. government, but they wanted to throw out 44,000 of my products because of – an infringement on some patent thing that we didn't understand, some little label marking that I didn't even want on there. I have been through hell and back as an entrepreneur. I have done things with this product that you can't imagine, and I'm still here. So do you have to be this passionate about your product to be it successful? Probably not, but I will tell you that if you are, are this passionate about what you do, you will be the person that stands out. You know, you are insanely passionate about crowdfunding, more so than everyone, anyone I've ever seen. That is your hook for the moment because I've watched you talk to people. It's the thing that lights you up. So my advice to people is you don't need the ultimate thing that lights you up, but you should find the thing that keeps your fire going. You may, in fact, find the one thing. See, Spingerman, I watched me. It's so funny. From the day that I launched it, on TV with the doctors. If you Google the doctors and Forbes Riley Spin Gym in 2010. It's a great episode, by the way. You got to check it out. <laughs> I'm just as giddy. I am just as excited because I found something to me that speaks my heart. That literally, and, and I've done amazing things with it because I'm, and I feel like Jack LaLanne. This will change your life. If you're stuck in a wheelchair, if you're stuck in your office, if you're sitting in an airplane, if you're the pilot of an airplane, if you're sitting in your hotel, if you're naked in a sauna, I spin gym with people in all of those situations. And I'm so tired of overweight people like my mom, who was 260 pounds my whole life, saying excuses like, 
I don't have time to go to the gym. I'm too fat to go to the gym. I don't want people judging me. I don't know how to do those. Let me tell you something. Brandon, I found the thing that burns your fat wherever you are that you can take out at a fancy dress party and get a workout. So am I over the top about this thing? Yeah. I've also sold two million of them and we haven't even launched it yet. So we're, we're and just then I getting started. We're just getting started. Uh, we're going to crowdfund this. <laughs> but, you know, I love when people say, oh, you're so lucky to have found this. Let me tell you something. This is not luck. This is called hard work, passion, commitment, dedication, and seeing that my mentors, who are some of the best of the best, Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank, Jack Lane, Body by Jake, Jane Fonda. I'll tell you what. These people got to the top because they believed so strongly. They didn't stand around and go, oh, well, maybe that person's right. Maybe I shouldn't do this. See, I think of the word no, N-O, as never-ending opportunity. You bring it on. You tell me I can't do it. That's exactly what I am going to do. And so that fierceness of making your mark in this world is what truly sets apart average entrepreneurs from extraordinary, should I call them extraordinaries? Extraordinary entrepreneurs. People who, <laughs> you know, I mean, think about it. The Richard Branson's, the Oprah's, the people who've taken that little idea. Nobody wanted Bill Gates to succeed. Come on. It's not like he or any of these people got handed anything. You find an idea that speaks to your heart and then you go for it. And just like you said, we are going to crowdfund because the next thing that I'm doing, and I'm going to ask for everybody's support because we're on a mission because we can help so many people, is I've got some major celebrity friends from Don the Dragon Wilson and the world of karate to Jeff Timmons who created the rock band 98 Degrees who said, look, with this little idea, because it's all it is, it's, Spingium is like symbolic for you taking back your health and fitness on your terms and getting the body that you deserve. I'll tell you what, nothing tastes as good as fit feels. And when you're in a cute body and you feel like you can put on a pair of jeans, see, it's about king in your personal why. Most of my life, and I don't know if you'll personally as a guy relate to this, but your girls will, I was a size 12, 14, maybe 16. I had big hips, I had a belly. I couldn't wear a bikini. The day, Brandon, that I actually put on a size 6 pair of jeans, I was standing in the Gap dressing room, and I couldn't even believe I was going to dare go for a pair of size 6, and they were a little bit loose on me. I cried my eyes out and I said, you know what? For the first time in my life, I did it. I got a piece of the dream that I wanted and it changed my world. And I said, you know, I probably could have lived life just fine at size 12, 14, but it just really wasn't working for me as a girl, as a young woman. And so I look at people who are suffering and I see them every single day. They don't know what diet to do next. They don't know what gym to join or what CrossFit or bullshit to do. What if I told you you could just do it in the privacy of your house a little bit every day? And you could actually, really, truthfully achieve that dream. Well, I know it's true because I've seen it personally. I've used uh, the spin gym. I've seen you all your – I mean you have more success stories than I, I've ever seen before from people that have uh, veterans who have lost their arms and are using it. Um, we're talking people that are in the hospital, athletes. I mean the list goes on and on. It's a great product, and I'm excited when we crowdfund this and bring this out on a whole new level. And you know what I love, Forbes, about this whole story is, and I believe this, and you look at all the successful people. For one, you surround yourself with people like Kevin Harrington, Jack Lane, and Body by Jake, all these people, but also your passion. And it clearly shows. Like I, There's very few people I know that have the same passion and drive and like just complete like love for your product as you do. You you sincerely love since the day I met you like I just saw a glow in your eyes when you had me do the spin gym in front of everybody in a juice shop but I think that's that's what everybody needs you need to find what your passion is you need to find what you really love to do and then build a business around it and go forward with it and don't care about about what people say because you're going to hear no's I mean one thing I want to know from you for because I know it's passion but you had your story and we I mean from China, when you had all them, um, you had to go and put the permanent marker on all them, uh, draw out the patent number or whatever it was. I remember you telling the story. And from all the times you had failures, and then when they made fun of you on the TV show, like how, how did you get back up from that? Most people would quit. What was it inside of you that said, screw it, I'm going to do it? Like most people wouldn't be able to handle that. How did you do it? To not take it personally, to not to truly believe that the people who were judging me, there was an old story about a beautiful nightingale who, there was a contest, and the contest was that if she didn't sing beautifully enough that they got to poke her eyes out. 
And so she goes and she sings one night and it was a, a series of three pigs who got to judge and they judged that she didn't sing beautifully enough and they poked her eyes out at the end of the song. And she went on and said, how is it that you can continue to live your life with such grace? And she said, it's, it's easy because I was judged by swine. And to not value the people who judge you, because I believe that the people who have achieved excellence have walked through fire. I recognize those people. And we all speak the same language. Those people would never, ever say no to you. When people come to my masterminds, my workshops, I don't care how silly your idea is. I am in your corner because I know what it takes. Whereas your family and your friends and people who are jealous of you and at the high school reunion will say, oh, you can't do that. They don't know. They don't recognize the truth and the fire. When you meet those people who stand next to you, who stand behind you, who say, I'll be your mentor because I get it. I don't care how crazy your idea is. And I've seen some silly stuff. I mean, professionally, who thought the Chia Pet or the Snuggie would be $100 million ideas? They're exactly. stupid, right? But I see that and I recognize that. And you have to find those people in your life and you align with them. And I will share one other little thing, that another little passion and the reason I do what I do is because I grew up as an introvert. I grew up as a kid with no friends and very little money. And so for me to connect and get accepted, I'm going to start to cry a little bit. One reason I did the $100,000 handshake thing, and you, you know, even if you don't have a great product, what I love doing with people is connecting them to their world. And I know I've played this game with you and a lot of other people <laughs> about how you say your name, about how you introduce yourself. And so for me, what the spin gym represents more than anything is a way that I get to connect to people. So if you're kind of a shy, goofy person, a man, I really was. I was, I, I was in my own world for so many years. I just wanted to connect, and but I wasn't pretty enough or rich enough or thin enough or successful. Bullshit. I found a way to do that, and I teach, and I love teaching this too, Brandon, that how with your name and a handshake and two or three sentences, you can connect to anybody. You don't need a spin gym. You need a story. You need a, a sense of yourself. And that's what I call the $100,000 handshake. And to me, that may be the ultimate legacy that I leave is that too often we're afraid to approach a person or if you get to be in front of that right person, you get to meet Kevin Harrington at a party and you've got 30 seconds of his time. And I did this with you. That's why you guys are friends now. How do you connect, provide value and get into his group, his circle within second, literally seconds? And so many times people have wasted that opportunity and I feel sorry for them because they don't realize that the opportunity they're looking for is literally right there at all times. I never wasted it. <laughs> no. Forbes, let, let's quickly, and I, I want, this is something I really want to just show the audience quick before we go. So let's do a quick example because I know you've even drilled me on this when you introduce yourself. Um, and this is the biggest thing when people are networking at different events, you were just at CEO conference. Most people, when they connect with somebody, they don't even say what they do or let them know how they can help somebody. So let's do some kind of uh, a drill here. For example, if I was going to meet you, what you would say and what you do um, at an event. So hi, uh, Forbes, nice to meet you. Tell me what you do. Well, actually, the first thing that I, that you do is your name. So I'll say, hi, my name is, because they'll say, who are you? Hi, my name is Forbes Riley. Forbes as in the magazine and so in that one moment if you're somebody who doesn't remember people's names at a party I just put my name into your head it's a very unusual name I took a moment I paused and I associated it with money now for you actually Brandon we were talking the other night you like the T in your name so yes. introduce yourself in introduce yourself hi what's your name I am Brennan T Adams okay and is that all that you say um Yes, it is. <laughs> okay. So, well, but think about this for a second. What if I said, hi, my name is Brandon T. Adams. Yeah, the T is for terrific, but, you know, who am I to say that? That, you know, that... <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Come on. I've never said that to you before. It's kind of cool, huh? Yeah, that's funny because that would be me saying that. I would say something like that. <laughs> yes, you would because you're told... Yes. Well, because here's the thing. You have enough balls to do that and you, but, and you would say it with this crazy smile but the thing is, I would remember your name because before you introduced yourself the other night at dinner and guys listening to this, I'm going to out my Brandon for a second. Oh, uh, yeah. He said, hi. He said, hi, my name is Brandon Adams. Nice to meet you. First of all, I didn't even hear your name and there's no money in nice to meet you. So if you said, hi, my name is Brandon T. Adams. T is for terrific. Yeah, you know, that's what they say. I don't know if it's true or not. <laughs> all of a sudden, <laughs> now we're laughing. I know, right? <laughs> 
you want to, you want to, I know. Now here's the funny thing. When you love it that much and it makes you smile, you're going to try it on people. So we were sitting next to a girl. I know you're going to love this. We were sitting next to a girl last, the other night at dinner. Her name was Saba. She's an Indian. And I'll tell you what, I've never heard that name. So in my brain, it gets a little confused. And here's what I suggested she tries that I think she's getting a laugh out of now. (laughs) And she's a young entrepreneur. She says, hi, my name is Saba. In Indian, that means amazing entrepreneur. Nice to meet you. It's like, oh my God. (laughs) So so what do I know about her in the first few seconds, right? I have another Indian friend of mine. His name is Shankar Bajajajam. I said, first of all, in America, never say your last name because I can't understand it. <laughs> Nothing personal, but America, we just don't. But I, but we came up with for him. He is raising money for his drone concept. I said, just put your hand. I said, hi, my name is Shankar, as in banker. I'm all about making people money. Nice to meet you. <laughs> I have never forgotten Shankar's name because it rhymes with banker. It's great. I love that. So people come. I love it, and I will tell you, Brandon, that this is the thing that separates people. Um, I actually, you know, I just had a thought about your first name. If you didn't want to put the T in there, if you just said my name is Brandon Adams, because that's what I do people. I brand on, I, or I brand their concepts in crowdfunding. Brandon. You know, that, you know, that's a good one too. I got, I got multiple options here. You, you know, the reason behind the T is because there's a famous poker player out there named Brandon Adams. And when I searched my name, that came up. So I did the T. So my SDL, you can search Brennan T. Adams and you can find everything about me. So that was the reason behind that. Um, so beyond the name, Forbes, wh- what is the approach to let people know what you do? That's the next step. I, I well, So the next step is, and I know we're going to run out of time, so maybe they need to come to our next event. Because yes. this, is, this <clears throat> is something that will change your business in moments. The <clears throat> next thing everybody asks you after your name is what? So what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? This is where people completely fall down. One, they'll say something stupid like, oh my God, I do so many things. Like, oh my God, I didn't ask you. Or they'll give you a laundry list. What do you do? Oh, I'm an architect and I raise money and I write for magazines. I didn't, I don't care. My philosophy on how you close a $100,000 handshake, which by the way could be a million or billion dollars, is when someone asks you, what do you do? They only really care about what you can do for them. Wow, what does that mean? If you can get a yes in those first two sentences, your business will change exponentially. So, Brandon, what do you do? I help people raise money. Okay, I already, not I already screwed it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I asked them, so do you like money? They say no, no, yes. no. Don't ask the question. No idea, but don't put them on the defensive if you don't have to. Okay. So, so um, let's, let's just play around. And make, this may not be the perfect one for you, but say, hey, what do you do? I've taken advantage of this crazy thing called crowdfunding that you may not know what it is, but it means that people just give you money that you don't have to give back for your company. Does that sound interesting? Yes, it does. <laughs> I, 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 all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, wait, wait, what did you just say? You just tell said, me more. Uh, yes, tell me more. Because now the conversation is all about you on your terms. What if I told As you I can help to- you raise millions of dollars without having to give up any equity in your company? Would you be interested? No, I'll tell you what's wrong with that sentence. One, I don't need millions. Two, I may not even own a company. So let's just start with that everyone has an idea. And again, you change the pitch depending, but if you just said, hey, here's what I do. I take advantage of this crazy thing called crowdfunding where you can raise all kinds of money, not have to give it back for any idea that you might have. I love that pitch. I'm going to steal that from you. <laughs> You're not stealing it. Here's the deal. When you come to work with me, I give you this stuff. That's part of the deal. Because that pitch to the average person, Brandon, will just get them excited. Because they may, they may not have a million-dollar idea, but I will bet you they probably know somebody who does. Everybody does. So, so, so Forbes, what we're going to do here, and I want this is a great lesson, and we're running out of time. So anybody listening, Forbes has put, I mean, poured me out on stage in front of hundreds of people. And, I mean, I deserved it. And she really, I mean, I thought I knew it all. And she switched things around. And I realized how much I didn't know. And she's even had me on Facebook Lives asking me why. Do I know what I want? What do you want? And it's really changed how I thought. And she's given these life-changing experience for me. And has become a great mentor and friend of mine. And with Kevin Harrington and other people, you are who you surround yourself with. But I, I got to say this. Forbes, I know we haven't like solidified. We have to put on an event together. You and I and Kevin have to do some kind of event we got to put something on to share what you know, what we know for other people because it's, it's life-changing. It changes people's lives. 
Well, thank you for that. And, and we will do that. So if you're listening, stay tuned for what Brandon does next with me and Kevin. But I will tell you something that you did that I think everyone listening who's young, that, that you do very well. And that you, you were willing to step into a world. You didn't necessarily know me. You were willing to give. You pretty much led with your heart and said, hey, I'm doing this crowdfunding thing. I'm not about helping people and building these ideas. That's very giving. So anyone listening, you got to give first, take second. How can you add value to somebody else? And because of that, that need to grow and participate and give back, what have I given you? I gave you an introduction to Kevin Harrington. You were not only at his house, but you're now partners with him on projects. Um, and all the things that grew out of being associated. And one of, that's what I love to do with people. I don't do it enough. So I'm going to say that you're my conduit to young entrepreneurs. And I think what we can give them, like you said, will change their life, will change their financial status. And also these great new ideas they have will actually see the light of day. I amen to that. <clears throat> I, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm ready for this. Let's go. I, so Forbes, I mean, we're definitely going to do something in the future and we're going to stay tuned. Uh, everybody listening, uh, definitely going to be the last time you hear from Forbes Riley and us for doing projects. But Forbes, where can people find you now? Where's the best way to connect with you and uh, learn more about you? All right, so a couple of things. Number one, come to Facebook. I'm on my fan page, Forbes Riley. I've got almost a million people on there, and I do respond to my messages. Number two, let me give you a free gift. I love the concept of pitching. I'm going to have a new book coming out with Kevin very shortly. But this one, go to www freegiftfromforbes.com. Freegiftfromforbes.com. You'll find my pitch book there. It's yours completely for free. It is chock full of amazing nuggets. And from that, come on to Facebook or LinkedIn. As Brandon knows, I'm probably way too accessible. But I will tell you something. Even though I'm accessible, very, very few people ever follow through and get connected. In fact, one of the things that we did the other night at dinner, your friend Nolan, after listening to me talk, Nolan actually turned around, reached out and said, hey, would you speak at our college? And I said, yes, because he provided a lot of, by the way, he also offered me some free honey before he did that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> but he had great stories. He was very curious and he was willing to take the information. And here's the funny thing is I also teach people how to get a mentor in minutes. There's a, a unique way to ask successful people because successful people will give back if they're approached the right way. They're approached the wrong way. They're not interested. And I'll tell you what, you've got seconds to get their attention and to get them to say yes when you do, it will change your life and make your dreams come true. I love it. Let's leave on this. What is the best advice you can leave for the young entrepreneurs out there that are listening? What can you leave with them, Forbes? I have a, a phrase that I say. I say that you are the sum of the obstacles you overcome. So I don't want to hear your story that mom left or dad beat you or he was an alcoholic or you tripped on your toe and stubbed it. I don't really care what your story is. I would love you to take the pain in your story. And understand that that's what makes you who you are. And blame, I call it positive blaming. Say, so you know what? And I just did this the other day with one of the, one of the girls I just met. I wanted, she blamed her mom. said, mom, you weren't there. You worked all the time and you missed out on my school and my this. And this is why I'm so passionate about helping other people have these experiences. So it's basically kind of a twisted thank you. Because everything that you think is negative actually makes you who you are. It's the drive that you have have because dad might not have been there. It's a drive that you have because dad was there too much. It doesn't matter. It's kind of ironic, but find those reasons, those obstacles that you overcame and make that your passion and don't feel sorry for yourself. What a waste of time and truly appreciate the gift that God gave you, your body, your heart, your mind, and make the world a little better place than you found it. I love it. That is some great advice. Forbes, thank you so much. I appreciate you coming on the show. We will talk again soon. And everybody else, you know what time it is. It is time to go out there, create something great, and become unforgettable because life is too short not to. I'm Brennan C. Adams. Have a great day, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the show with Forbes Riley. Check out more on the notes at BrandonCAdams.com and search for the show with Forbes Riley. We got more content there, show notes, different links for you to check out. Forbes is awesome. She knows her stuff. I always say she's the next Tony Robbins. There's nobody out there like her, uh, or at least a woman in, in her industry. And I know I'll be doing a lot more projects with Forbes. We're planning a crowdfunding campaign in the future for Spin Gym. And also we're planning some other things we have in the works. 
But connect with her. She has some great stuff. Follow her. And also, if you want to connect with me, find me on Snapchat, btadams18, or go over to my website at brennancadams.com. If you haven't checked out my accelerator program, we are having huge success with it, and we're already getting ready for the next one in January to fill that up. I'm only allowing 15 people to work with me. There's some huge success stories here for this, and I'm excited to start the next group. But check that out, brennancadams.com forward slash accelerator. So that's it for today's show. Hope you enjoyed it. Until next time, you know what time it is. Go out there, create something great, and become unforgettable because life is too short not to. I'm Bernie C. Adams. Have a great day, everyone.